0: And, and that horse can't run in Sydney because of the uh, of the laws of um, uh, the the owner, and that's controversy for elsewhere. But that's just the fact. So if they say they, they probably tried to get him fit enough to run in the Sydney Carnival. And then, because of the laws, they couldn't. So they said, right out, we'll regroup, we'll, set, we'll um, freshen up and go for the Stradbroke. So there's a real logic to say they had this horse up and going in, in February. So yeah. It's not like that run was out of nowhere first up a fortnight ago, is what you're saying.
1: Yeah, and so this is where the bounce thing is. You've got to c- give this consideration that, generally speaking, if you didn't see any of this sort of intel and the trial was like 20 days before the run and it was that type of performance or slightly inferior, then you would say to yourself, there's a big chance. Of a negative run, but I'm sitting here feeling that the bounce could still be positive. I've marked it on top at the moment with a plus 3.7. The K bit is this on the bounce, and we're going to still have the signal going up. The data's indicating. This horse is potentially racing a length better than 2020 Profile. ...Alligator Blood screaming down the centre of the
0: track, Rothfire is still the leader. Isotope trying your heart out, Alligator Blood might be a danger. now on PG
1: Podcast Network, it's time for the year-round carnival with Vince Cardi and your host, Racetrack Rofi.
0: With a little bit of see you later alligator and audio courtesy of Sky Racing, Vince Ocardi from Daily Sexual Sky, mate. What a
1: huge day of racing at Eagle Farm. Yeah, and no, I love the song, Paul Chase. <laughs> I thought, hang on, we're just missing Elvis now.
0: That's right. Oh, don't <laughs> worry, we'll get to that. <laughs> I love it. But of course, to some of that audio from you and uh, myself with our preview podcast. You can listen to our preview podcast. What we do always, and we didn't have much fun doing it, I'm going to say uh, through that Sydney slop, we always just put it up on the Monday, or in this case, the Tuesday, um, uh, unedited. You can listen a lot, including our update on the Saturday. So, uh, You can choose to listen to it, you can choose to critique it however you want, but in the bottom line is, we really appreciate our customers who get behind us on a Friday. No reward, Vince, because your alligator blood synopsis was absolutely spot on, and he absolutely delivered on the big stage, and by the look of your data that's come through now, back to his very best.
1: Well, this was always the big thing, wasn't it? Plus 4.5, wow, just goes to show that it was always hidden there, wasn't it? that potential absolutely well the what a
0: lot and the uh, there's so many fascinations about this sport that encapsulates us but one of the real um, uh, challenges always to us punters is, is a flat run. What, what is a flat run, and what is a re- what is a, a run to set you up, going it forward big time? So I wrote this in race speed profiles, and the oh, sorry, in our sizzlers rather, on the twenty eighth, where we uh, track the best horses. We're covering the five weeks of the Brisbane Carnival. You can get Vince's IVR data with this. So this is Alligator Blood, third best of the day, two point nine links above. He was a rock star as a three-year-old winning the Magic Wins and Australian Guineas, but had a lost 18 months or so. Now with Gabe Bott, has returned with a hard-to-knock performance, just beaten a terrific IVR level, only 0.8 length of his all-time best. That's the point being. His all-time best was 3.7. 1.4 at the 800, 1.1 mid-race, 1.2 last 400, was relatively even. He did suffer a length slowdown from the 400 to 200, but his PB is still plausible. Vince, he got to his PB.
1: He did, didn't he? He got to his P B and a little bit more, which is just awesome to see. The four point five was a real indication. Well, I guess the first indication came from that trial at Rose Hill. Yes. Something positive was brewing <laughs> and then as you stated about the scenario of the tracks and Ralphie I I'm clueless to bands, this and that. <laughs> I, I, Noise creates confusion, right, yes. for me. So I just try not to listen to it. So I wasn't even aware of any of that. I know it sounds silly, doesn't it? But that's the truth. I was not aware of nothing until even when you said it, I was going, What's Ralphie talking about? <laughs> but but the beauty was, no mistaking, that those that the team bought Mortarhouse, they knew what they had and they made that indication about Let's go there. And the wet tracks obviously had a lot of issues, but this was a big signal and the horse performed superbly. A couple of little advantages maybe to get the 4.5 in that real deep lane. The ride was superb, Ralphie. It was absolutely superb. Well, I mean, it almost, on the preview
0: and in your race speed profiles as well, you couldn't have asked for Tim Clark to position that horse one inch better, could you?
1: No, no. And he really had to ask the horse for something Special as well, Ralph I mean, 7.9 lengths above benchmark first section. All right, That's so let's just stop
0: big... there. Let's just stop there. How fast was the leader going?
1: Well, I should clap the leader <laughs> as well because that was phenomenal, but could be the end for it too. 12.4 <laughs> above benchmark. That is just burning. I did not even expect the horse could do that. <laughs> but. Yeah, I thought six, seven, maybe, but 12, no way. Eight
0: and I mean, a half he went in the Golden Rose. Is that the fastest he's ever yeah. been by fairway? fair yep. Yeah,
1: yep, absolutely. Yeah. And still there at the end. And this is some of the, of course, being still there at the end, we sort of touched on this. You can go really fast and that can also help on pace runners.
0: Because nothing can pick its legs up.
1: No, because they get the lanes and they're they, they, they've they're done at the turn. They, you know, come to the 250, 300-meter mark. They've got the white flag as well because they're all running hard chasing and you're out. You're just yeah. out of steam. I mean, an example would be, let's say, Ayrton, right, who's just flying 9.4 above, right? And covering ground. Yeah, oh, covering a lot of ground. Not much that they could do. And, uh, you know, the flag came up last couple of hundred meters and that was the end of that horse. But there were also some phenomenal runs in that race uh, other than Alligator Blood. But Private Eye was big, but Isotope was just superb. And and stances that was... Start time days. Yeah, start time. That was... Outside of Alligator uh, Blood, Ralphie, to me, that was the run of the race outside of that. It was phenomenal.
0: We, and, and I would assume you'll say that because it was basically at a non-winning position that far back.
1: Impossible to win from there, Ralphie. Absolutely impossible. And realistically, should have been beaten minimum six and was a lot closer than that. On well, the MPS kind of, margin, yeah, about four. Well,
0: it's currently mid-teen odds uh, for the Tats Tiara, so we might have to twist your arm and see if we can do one more preview podcast because I'm sure all our... our uh, customers would have would loved what, what you brought forward, and they'll be looking forward to that in a couple of weeks' time. And speaking of which, I should actually just do an overview as well. How good is this Eagle Farm track played? You always sing the praises of of uh, Flemington. Uh, Randwick, when it's when it's firm, uh, Eagle Farm lasts three weeks.
1: Yeah, beautiful. Give it good, clean weather. The recovery was good. Sometimes when you get a lot of rain... Just, the grounds just don't dry out roughly, but here yeah. they did. I mean, you have a look here. Even if we take some exception into play about brutal pace, and, and when I say brutal, probably race seven and eight were brutal, that still put the first section 3.3 above, Yep. which is fantastic. It really is. And the rest of the track all the way to the finish line was anywhere between, on the worst-case scenario, 0.9 below, so a little bit below benchmark, uh, still would mark a G4, and then 400 and 200, we've got 0.39 to plus one. So uh, using those wider lanes helps you to be a little bit firmer and faster. But overall, rock solid G3 for sure.
0: I tried to uh, make a case for Private Eye on the Friday, Vince, and, uh, yeah. and
1: said he said his challenge was to
0: to both be in the right position. And, and this was really evident on your race speed profiles, where his typical position was. So there's two things. One about the unluckiness of of an inside barrier and how often, you know, wider barriers is an advantage. But can I give a rap to Brent Avdala? I mean, this is a horse who generally is out the back, um, and that's what I'm saying about your race speed profiles, his natural positioning, his natural lack of pace. He got this horse three back the fence, and he couldn't have put it any better.
1: No, it was fantastic. And... (sighs) What's that
0: slowdown mean at the four, from the 400 to 200? It
1: couldn't have helped. No, no, it's no.
0: Just, it, just complete unluckiness, of course.
1: Definitely unlucky, and and this is part of the, the challenge. But the beautiful part is we might have also touched on him that his best distance, I reckon, is a mile. Yeah. So this just sets up, has this horse got another run somewhere? I'm hoping because, like <laughs> everything, there's always this opportunity for us to make money as form students, and it's all about have they reached their peak? So this horse may have potentially reached his peak, but I still feel 1,600 is his best distance and that means there's one run left.
0: I don't know if there will be another run, oh, right. um, but the the um the, what what makes it interesting, and again, we talk about noise, but the noise during the week was the huge prize money now being injected into that last day of Flemington. I mean, mm. we're, we're going to have a serious player in, in any of the miles. I know he won the Epsom last year, but now that Flemington is going to have such a huge prize money boost for the, their mile, I mean, he's just a horse we can just look forward to uh, to him, him taking his place in uh, either Melbourne or Sydney.
1: So, what's happened? There's big, big money, is there? Uh, now yeah, Fleming?
0: yeah. There's, uh, I think, another 10 million being injected in the last week of Flemington, and, and the Golden Eagle's now worth 10 million. So. 10 million? <laughs> 10 million. So. Oh, so my it's goodness. Melbourne versus Sydney. It's a good time to be an Odevitz. Of a good uh, horse, that is.
1: Yeah, well, of course, it's good to be an Well, it's better than a lotto ticket, isn't it? Oh, <laughs> yeah, <I have> 100%. <laughs>
0: So in conclusion, Alligator Blood, phenomenal performance from Gaybot. Uh, sorry, I just want to uh, underline one more thing about the flat run. So this is the point about sometimes you can just add a layer of information on top of, uh, on top of the data, trying to get away from the noise, and that was the important part that the reason – what you really articulated in the preview podcast was his trial was so sharp in Sydney, but the reason he didn't race was outside of the gay Bot team, but at least – what we had was clarification that there was a reason to not expect a flat run two weeks later.
1: Yeah, and of course, that trial was like back in February, and that was a big signal about how well the horse was going, and then to turn up at Eagle Farm and run 2.9 above, that was like another massive signal. I was surprised how big the price was. Honestly, Ralphie, that horse should have been a lot shorter in price. I still probably found it difficult to understand because you do question things like, why is the horse such a big price? Yeah. Is there something wrong in the form study, the assessment? Because that horse should not have started that price, even on that last start profile.
0: Oh, I'm, I'm trying to work out, because I think, as you said, it's, it's really important to ask the question why with the market. I just wonder if it was a blanket finish race if maybe the market didn't respect the actual time, whereas your okay. IVR data doesn't worry about margins, it's just worried yep. about what it did, and you've pegged it at
1: 2.9. Yeah, fair call. Yeah, good to know.
0: Um, so a couple of things just for the, for the punters here. I reckon in three weeks' time, there's that uh, that good mile at uh, the Sunshine Coast. We won't see I'd, I'd be staggered if Private Eye goes, but some of these on paces, given three weeks between runs, that they could really rebound hard, you know, the likes of uh, even the ones out the back like uh, Emerald Kingdom, for instance, or Bandersnatch, uh, uh, you know, Apache Chase, those type of horses, they just weren't ready for that heat. Um, or oh, no. if not flat. <laughs> Sorry.
1: it's going to yeah. be that fine line. That's what Pro- I'm saying. Probably the horse that got the biggest benefit out of all that real heat up front, as crazy as it sounds, was probably loss of indices, Rolfie. Yes. Because when you look at that horse... The whole campaign, with the exception of the one run at Eagle Farm, they were all between minus nine and minus 16 below benchmark, and then you're running 11 and a half above. That was probably a bit too cruel where they positioned the horse. That was like savage move to be hard up up on the pressure. That's just a place that you, you wouldn't want anyone to be there. Now, <laughs> Kingdoms as well, Ralph, like you touched on it. That shouldn't be there either, but... Really, Lawless Industry was still where it was, showed how good its conditioning was and how brave, but that pressure, that, that. Sometimes these horses don't come good, though, Ralphie, after this sort of big, big sort of exertion.
0: Absolutely. All right. We'll see what happens there. Uh, Darren's asked, by the way, we ask our members, our loyal members who uh, who uh, back up the fact that we are independent, corporate bookmaker, ad-free. And uh, each and every week, we send best of the day from Melbourne, from Sydney. And at this time of year, we're sending them from Brisbane as well. So you're getting the really good information to our members. Uh, we send that during the week. Darren's asked. Uh, Ree Stratty got it down to two horses, alligator blood with a query, 14 days second up after explosive first up, settling position question mark, and whether it could frank another big IVR number after 18 months in the wilderness. Well, I suppose that adds to why it was good odds from 2020. Apache mm-hmm. chase with the other runner with ability to run IVR number required to win over the distance. When track was playing on pace, went Apache. Interested what Vince ended up playing in the race, his assessment of the two runners pre and post race. Well, you can hear what Vince said on the preview podcast, but uh, what's your assessment of Apache Cat post race, Vince? Apache Chase,
1: rather. Yeah, the challenge with Apache Chase is this, and I I don't know if we did or didn't touch on this, but it's Kryptonite's the hot speed if they go too fast. Now, the reality is it ended up outstripping its previous PB. (laughs) Right. And, And one of the things that for anyone that was astutely listening, right, I was a negative car with this horse and them two in this race because it's not her style. Yeah, with Ayrton, you mean? Uh, yeah, with Ayrton, right? Not yep. her style, right? Yep. And with um, Apache Chase, the challenge was always going to be, are they going to go too fast? Now, I, 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 from what we discussed, we were sort of talking possibly six. Yep. But they just went too much, Ralphie. <laughs> you know, top, double. <laughs> yeah, double, right? Now, you've said it in the past that you're going to go fast, and this is one of the challenges of trying to work out race shape. Goodness me! Is is that the language? You just—they just all seem to go so much faster because of the desperation and the, the pressure and the nerves. But yeah, that speed there was too brutal for the horse. Last time it went near that speed was was at Eagle Farm fourteen hundred. There was eight point eight and got beaten four. So that was always a, a potential risk. Did I feel that that horse wasn't going to be capable of leading for sure? But I I didn't expect Rothfire to go that fast. For myself, didn't matter how you looked at it, Ralphie. There was a couple of key things for me on the day. Number one, this was one of them alligator blood. It was a hard horse not to want to have as a betting strategy, Ralphie. It was very, very hard not to have when you're getting down because the reality was it was always going to get a chance to breathe. And the only risk you were going to take was it going to bounce positive or negative. But even on the Saturday morning, I was pretty confident this horse was going to bounce positive, Ralphie. Because of the, just the whole setup, that that barrier trial was the big giveaway. Yeah. And then that first up run, you knew that this horse was very fit going, you know, into that first up run, and they'd been preparing it for ages. I mean, if that trial, like I would have said, was 15, 20 days ago, I would have um, not backed it. There
0: it is. There Let's you go. Simple get, as that. D- Darren's uh, followed up also with, <laughs> and this was this was the the bit of pain for the day. I'm sure you would have kept the place on side. I don't know how you you uh, approach things, but in the Sky Racing, the 1.2 million dollars uh, was it? Were, were we watching a barrier trial. He wanted to know. He said, "Seriously, how did Colting not get past New Marion at twenty one dollars? But when we uh, when we did the pod, it ended up starting seventeen dollars. Uh, were we watching a barrier trial?
1: <sighs> well. <laughs> realistically, for the for the race, the twenty two hundred metres, that was a that was a good speed. They're just going, by the benchmark, yeah, yeah. Just close to benchmark. Yeah. Uh, there's been just a subtle transition between the the eight and the final. All credit, obviously, to the winner. A little bit of a breather between the eight and the four is probably a slight negative for the horse as well. Yeah. I wouldn't have uh, articulated that as been a big plus, and then was able to manage and hold on. And realistically, that last four hundred was still benchmark. Overall, the performance was sound. Coldy just couldn't get there. I was hoping that it would as well, Ralphie, because the pri- that was another horse that was silly, wasn't it, and the pricing, absolutely silly. And, well,
0: I just didn't I want know. to trust it on a dry track, which is what it needs.
1: Yeah, and getting up around that $6 a place, Ralphie, I, I was having a party at <laughs> my home. I mean, really, that that was just r- stupidity. But, of course, I would have liked the first to get the extra, as they say, it's the bonus, right? But I didn't get the bonus, but I still wasn't complaining. The ride, everything was spot on. I felt Yonkers was a big run as well, Ralphie, out of that. Really, really big, big performance. Other than those three horses, there was a lot of disappointment. Her How auto- much can you
0: do in a mid-race is my question, because you know, if you got your 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 IVR report here and you get it with Sizzlers, you're looking at Maximal, you're looking at Huerta, you're looking at Great House, you look at La V. Phenomenal having what they had to do in the mid-race.
1: Too much. Yeah. And th- that was a bad move. Why they were so far back, I, I have no idea. A- 11.1 below benchmark, the favourite. I mean, that- that's crazy in terms of speed, isn't it? I mean,
0: yeah, that's yeah.
1: Yeah, just, yeah, it's just ridiculous. The beauty is, of course, probably for both those runners, they're going to rebound very strongly.
0: Maybe even the stayers too. I'll, I'll, I'll go to check the calendar. I'm pretty sure there's a there's another staying race uh, on that uh, on that Tatsyara Day. So maybe even the ones out the back like a, a Great House or a de that we weren't expecting much from them Saturday, but they they could be the types of improving. And the old warrior, the Chosen One's been retired off that. So well played there to the uh, to the Baker team there. They've they had a lot of fun with it. But New Merion, basically perfect ride, Vince, and uh, and in, in summary, I suppose he's uh, he's. Gosford win was okay, but he's now shown that on clean ground he's he's as effective,
1: and he's probably going to improve further as well.
0: Yep. Uh, let's have a look at this two-year-old race. The uh, the the uh, for the Group One, the JJ Atkins. Um, do they go fast here as well?
1: <laughs> yeah, this is another one where they're really yep, trying sorry. to break the. Yeah, they're trying to break the record here, twelve point six above, absolute murderous speed. I mean, even the winner to be able to hold on, going nine point nine above. No wonder they just fell out completely over the last 400 with the seven links below benchmark. It was just such a big, big effort. It's a long time since I've seen youngsters go so fast, Ralphie. It was brutal, absolutely brutal. And the two, probably the the two of the strongest, well, maybe even, there's probably a couple of others there, that sharp and smart, you have to respect that run as well. But those first two runners, they were just sensational.
0: She's a builder of May 28th. There's is our Sizzlers, 1.1 length below benchmark, ranked 49th on the day, but we identified it. Third run, first prep, Snowden's XWA's closing speed, uh, for overcoming a mid-race slowdown and coming off two bog-heavy tracks at Randwick and the Gold Coast. Deserves great respect going forward, while well, just below benchmark, it's 1.1 better than her PB in the West, saying she's climbing. This two-year-old crop has generally struggled to get to that level, and this was over 1,400, which is also more of a test for young horses. Minus 0.6800 was sound speed. Leaders were overdoing it, going plus 4.8. So then had a negative of just <laughs> 2.8 in the mid-race for losing 2.5 lengths before plus 3.3 last 400. Note, the last 200 in isolation was 3.4, so a huge last bit, best bit close. This is the sixth best of the day's triple group one 10 race card. So in that day, it was closing speed here. And you, I just want to surmise it here, Vince, because what we're seeing here is tactical
1: versatility. Yeah, and this is a good sign, Ralphie, of a very, very sharp racehorse and no question an above average runner. To be able to even break benchmark at a mile, and to do it under this type of circumstances with this sort of race shape and first attempt, like with that sort of speed, that just sort of sets up firstly how well the stable had this horse ready for this race and how good this horse potentially is in terms of ability because the reality is when it comes back next campaign, I'm, I'm assuming we're going to have this huge versatility that a horse can be good enough to win a 1,200 and, and push up to at least a, maybe a mile. And the reality is, We know that stay away from the wet tracks.
0: What do we make a political debate? Um, Jay McArthur Race was clapping his hands saying, you know big run, unlucky, bit unlucky, but we've got a three-year-old in our hands, and it's by so you think, and Chris Waller trains it. It's a nice colt, and it looks like it's one on the rise.
1: Yeah, golden position in terms of running. Yep. Definitely had an advantage on the winner in terms of position and conserving the speed, and it was evident over the very last 200 metres where it made up substantial ground on the winner, but still wasn't able to get there, but can't fault that performance. Another rock solid run, and even though it was borderline benchmark, this is another horse that, depending on what they do, if they're going to have any more racing or when it comes back later as a three-year-old, we're going to see good versatility.
0: Uh, a couple of other little highlights for, from the meeting here, and uh, in that second race, there it looks like the this is the Wayne w- Wilson Listed Mile. It looks like the uh, the winner Baby's gone pretty well.
1: This was a good performance as well. And this was another race. Unfortunately, the challenge was in the end, There was only seven runners and you're down to first and second in terms of dividend. And, and it was always getting back down to it. I sort of, that winner, I initially thought it had some sort of a chance, but I I felt that it was probably going to find it difficult to get past either Kubrick, Kerwin's lane, or even big boy Roy. So it did do a, a big, big effort, Ralphie. It was, it was strong. I look at the first split, 0.3 above, between the 8 and the 4, managed to increase its pace to plus 2.1, a bit of softening. Now, of course, it was nothing like the brutality of what we've seen with some other races, but a small field, usually they tend to go 5 to 10 lengths below benchmark, and here they are, they're, they're breaking the speed, and this is sort of confirming how good that track must have been racing. Just
0: wondering, though, I mentioned that Sunshine Case Mile in three weeks, that by look at the profile of Kerwin's Lane, it first started on a clean ground and can elevate again in next start. That looks a beautiful race for it.
1: Could be. It might be a bit of a sideway run as well, Ralphie. Yep,
0: yeah, because it's deep in its prep. Yep. All right, that's the query there. And uh, and the Brisbane Cup, just to finish with a few of the uh, uh, well, some big names in Melbourne <laughs> anyway, with uh, uh, Ross Stevenson and John Sylvester and Jared Ruffhead part-owning uh, Irish Sequel. Uh, this was a magnificent watch as far as the ride's concerned, uh, watching uh, j Max stalking j Carr and uh, full credit to Rachel King right behind him as well. It became a three-way finish over 3,200 metres, and uh, and the data's come through and uh, squinted effort, so there was nowhere to hide.
1: No, nowhere to hide. <sighs> Again... It was big ass, though, to go plus 6.7. What were they thinking, honestly? <laughs> seriously. And, and, you know, like, how could the pressure get to a small race field like that and to be, you know, really chancing your arm and trying to inject so much speed over 3,200 metres? It's not easy to do that. Usually where you end up is at the back, and that's what's happened to this particular horse. Overall, I was probably a little bit disappointed. We've got a, a score of minus 2.5. Overall, just... Little bit disappointed, but I have to give a little bit back for that slowdown. A between the the four and the two was pretty savage for the winner. It was two point seven below. Even the second horse lost about a length. And overall, if you look between the eight and the four hundred, that they probably gave away five to six lengths. So I gave a little bit of merit back for that, and potentially we might have gone close to benchmark. But they're B graders. We uh, we
0: won't be uh, looking much at got uh, or Sandhya. There's a pretty pretty slow horses running around there, but uh, we'll round it off with a question from Troy. Uh, I still recall the words Vince had last year regarding Zaki going from Queensland winter campaign into a Cox Plate campaign with a limited spell in between. I recall Vince saying normally it's okay first time but had a detrimental effect thereafter. With Zaki going to Queensland but this time failing Dubin Cup instead of winning it, does a Cox Plate crack and a limited spell and a, fa- and a failure mean 4 dollars $40 on offer is crazy odds or sh- or about right this is the Cox plate I would say anything uh, under ten dollars on any horse is crazy odds, four months outfits but I guess what Troy's saying is um it, what what's zaki's level where it comes to a Cox plate well what was the price he said 4 dollars40 at the moment for the Cox yeah. plate
1: <laughs> yeah okay four dollars40 that's um that's disgusting absolutely disgusting <laughs> that horse should be 50 to one it, it won't be winning any, any Cox plate ever right
0: <laughs> So, that's nice and simple. And, and, and just to surmise, actually, what you did say, and, and this is just to put it in context, that um, that, that Dooban Cup was phenomenal, but that was at plus nine. Uh, it wasn't until, actually, the Underwood Stakes when you said, hang on, we, we track a lot of horses, and his first up win was dynamic at plus four, but off a short break, and then he went sideways, and you said... We track so many horses off these short breaks that that's their new level, and really, that's plus four has been about his level, uh, absolute maximum ever since.
1: Yeah, and I've got this thought about this runner as well, and I'm, I'm, I've never spoken to the stable; they would know. Looks like this horse must be, must be hard to keep condition on him because I, I, I remember looking at it when it was having. A return this campaign how forward the horse was like you have i could see you could virtually count all the ribs and that's never a good sign that's a sign to me that the challenge of conditioning yep now maybe there are other reasons they probably got to keep the horse lean who knows for injuries that's Stone. what i'm saying i'm not sure right yeah but the, the reality is what we do know is it's it's a plus four horse you ain't going to win any cox plate with that type of uh, level not today, tomorrow, or ever.
0: <laughs> nice and simple. Uh, we greatly appreciate the support from all our members and our customers, of course, the preview podcast. If you listen to this, you'd like to hit listen to the podcast, preview podcast in full, just look, uh, scroll through. You'll be able to listen to what we did provide on Friday. Uh, thanks so much for joining us this Saturday, of course. Vince's work via his race speed profiles via dailysectionals.com.au and all of my work via racetrackrealthy.com.au.